welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. To open up your Bibles to the book of Galatians, New Testament epistle, the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 1 and Galatians chapter 2. We're going to be looking here. I'm going to be concluding our sermon series on Rebuild Part 2. We're going to be only looking at two Bible verses today. And these two Bible verses really sum up our lives. Because it's something for us, uh, in many ways of the events and the world events that have happened this past week, it forces us to examine our hearts, examine our, our souls and say, am I ready to die? Do I live for Jesus? Is He all that matters? Because you go back a week ago, and there's people in this parts of the world, they were just going about their daily lives, and now they are forced facing life and death questions. Forced to say, okay, is this, is this how it's going to come to an end? So we're going to look here at a couple of scriptures here. i am first start here, and actually I want to call attention if you have your bulletin. Because I want you to pull out your bulletin because I want you to read the Bible verse in a different translation, this first verse here, in the New King James Version. And we're going to read this together because this is a Bible verse you need to know. So we're going to pull out your bulletin. I think we have it up here on the screen as well. The New King James Version in your your program. It's Galatians 2.20. And we'll let's all say this together. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. That verse sums up our lives. Paul is writing to this church, the church of Galatia, and he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Our lives are not created for one to be a selfish, self-centered life. We live for Jesus That is what that means. We don't live in the flesh anymore. We live a life, this Bible verse tells me, by faith. By faith in Christ. And this entire past seven, eight weeks, Jesus has been leading us to this point, saying, I've been crucified with Christ. What does that mean to be crucified with Christ? It means two things for you if you've been crucified with Christ. You are dying to the law. Say, Pastor, what do you mean the law? The law is religious legalism. That is what the Pharisees practiced. That is this idea that you can live a life yourself and be obedient and follow God's Old Testament teachings and please the Lord. You can be honest. You cannot steal. 
cheat, commit adultery, honor your mother and father, and because of sin, you still fall short of the Lord. This is what Jesus preached against. He lived and came about a time of great religious legalism. I want to tell you, 50 years ago, religious legalism might have been more of an issue than it is today. Many of you growing up, grew up in a very religious, legalistic culture where you were expected on Saturday night, boys, you shined your shoes. I mean, you wanted a nice shine to go to church on Sunday morning. You felt, if you came to church with dirty shoes, you felt something was missing. Ladies, you wore white gloves to church. You walked into the sanctuary with outfits and bonnets and white gloves that you might not own anymore. And it was an expectation of this is what it was like to be a believer. I don't think that so much exists anymore. But I think the second part, it has shifted to right here. Here is the problem today. Today, what it means to be crucified with Christ is you die to this present evil age. Now, you kept your finger here in Galatians chapter 2. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. These are only two Bible verses today. This tells us what the world we live in. It swings. These are the two temptations for us as believers. We're going to have this religious legalism. I grew up in religious legalism. This is what I'm going to struggle with. I'm that legalist. I came to this church, folks, I memorized the bylaws. I'm not kidding. Before I came here, I read the whole entire Bible, bylaws, not the, and the Bible too, and I'm learning what, what, what is parliamentarian procedure. Do y'all know we have bylaws? Do y'all know we have the Constitution? <clears throat> and you, that, that, if you're not careful, you can fall into that trap, aware of the right processes. But then there's another trap, and that's on the other side. And Jesus is saying, both of these traps, you have to be crucified to. And in verse 4, Galatians 1-4, God says about Jesus, he's talking about Jesus here, Paul writes, Jesus, who gave Himself for our sins to rescue us. Look at this. There is a rescue mission that we have to be delivered from. Do you know, I, I watched the news of this terrible crisis. I've spent more time this past week watching the news and following news on uh, different websites probably since the 2020 election. I got tired of watching the news after the election. But this past week, I resumed my TV and internet news watching because my heart breaks. And you see these folks who are trapped. I'm, I'm literally watching a guy on TV. He talked about how he used to work for some international company as a computer programmer and he was they're interviewing him they're giving him an ak-47 to fight the russians within seven days he went from going to work to now he's a soldier never had any military training doesn't even know how to use a gun and he's getting trained literally on the job training 
That's your training. Here's how the gun works. Go shoot. That's it. And you just want to say, you want to rescue these folks. And Jesus says here, look here. I have come to rescue you because from what? This present evil age. Our world is evil. Immorality all around. War. Brokenness. Families breaking up. Children being deceived. Addiction rampant. And and everyone here involves every single family here. And Jesus is saying, I have come to save you from that. What do we get saved from based on the book of Galatians? You're going to get crucified with Christ from legalism. That's what the book of Galatians is about. Because Paul's writing to these legalistic people in Galatia who love holding to the law. And he's saying, you can't be saved by the law, no matter how righteous you are. And then they're also struggling with immorality. And he says, you need Jesus to rescue you from this present evil age. That is what it means in 2022 to be crucified with Christ. And we come this morning... And we say, Lord, rescue me from this immorality all around. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be this man. And then we say, I also don't want to be a legalistic man. Lord, I want to live for you. That's what we say this morning. And we're dying to self. Do you know what a marriage is? A marriage is when you take a husband who has to die to selfishness, You take a wife who dies to selfishness and they come together under the Lordship of Christ. Selfishness destroys your marriage. It destroys your family. It destroys your friendships. Do you know anyone selfish? Selfish means I want to do what I want to do. If it's not important to me, I won't do it. A perfect example of selfishness, I mentioned earlier about how I listen to podcasts and sermons all the time. I was in the car with someone in my family this past week. They were much younger than I. The person I'm married to wouldn't allow me to do this. And I don't want to listen to kids' radio. So what are we going to listen to? We're going to listen to sermons. And they're whining the whole time. I don't want to listen to this. Say, well, I own the phone. This is my, what I'm listening to, and they just suffered through. Well, it wasn't that bad. That's ex- that is an example of when we pull that this is, this is my toy, this is my time, you're going to get what I want. And we have to guard ourselves against it. I use that as a humorous example about you know, TV or radio. But I want to tell you, if we go about our lives like that all the time, you will destroy your friendships, your family. Because you will just go about, it's all about me. And that can creep even into your spiritual life. Where you basically give God whatever time you've got left over and whatever is important for you. God, I'll pray about Ukraine. I'll, I'll make that phone call to that Ukrainian here in this city and reach out to them when I'm... A, when I'm 
when I have time for that. I'll send a note of encouragement when I have a chance for that. I tell you, what a blessing it would be. I tell you this, I think I'm going to email this out this week. I thought of that. this. Should have done earlier. This pastor here, Pastor Jerry, what if this week he got 75, 80 notes of encouragement from his church that fellow Christians just mail a little note of encouragement that, hey, we are praying for you and your, your folks. The note of encouragement is where it takes time for you to write it and mail it. And it is a blessing for him to receive that, of these, our fellow Ukrainian church here in our city. That is what it means to be, I'm not going to live this selfish life. I am going to live for the Lord and serve others. Look here in your, <clears throat> look here in your notes. Born again believers. I'm going to pull out three things here in your, in your little bulletin notes. Born again believers. That's us if you're saved. You have to view Jesus. He is a person. And the reason he's a person is it says in Galatians 2.20, Christ now lives in me, and I live by faith. Meaning Jesus comes inside of you and makes his home. So how does that look in your life? Christ, he is your Savior. Let's forget, let's don't remember. Don't forget, he's the one who rescues us. You have been saved for him. Knowing that Christ is your provider, he meets every single one of your needs. I went and visited on Friday afternoon, the Singletons. Their family was gathered around Miss Jean. She was about to enter into the presence of eternity. And Jim, Jim's 84 years old, wonderful family. He was talking about how the Lord has provided for him all of these years. He's losing his wife. The children were losing their mother. And they were talking about the graciousness of God. Folks, we can't forget the God, the Lord has blessed you. The Lord has gifted you. Everything we have comes from God. The person you're sitting next to is a gift from God. And when we no longer think of that person that way, we forget, we almost think, well, my skill level, and I earned this, and I, I made them. No, the Lord gave you that person. It is a gift. God is your, Christ is your provider. Not only that, Christ is your intercessor. I open this service here with prayer. Jesus tells us that when we come to Him and we pray to the Holy Spirit, He takes those prayers and He goes on behalf, the book of Hebrews tells us this, on behalf to God in heaven for us. Folks, this is why it's so important for us to be praying for those in need. To be praying for those families who are hurting because of war. To be praying against the spread of communism to other countries. And that we don't see a return of the USSR, of all, of all things. We don't want that. And I want to tell you, 
if Christians aren't praying against it, it will come back. I remember the old sermons of Billy Graham. That man preached to people. Millions and millions and millions of Americans heard Brother Graham say, communism is a sin. It's wrong. He preached against Mikhail Gorbachev. And God brought the fall of that empire. But I want to tell you, when you, we quit doing that, and we quit speaking against evil, do you know what happens? Evil returns. We have, we have a new generation. There is a new generation behind me, behind you. They might not know about the evils of this. What's wrong with taking over another country? What's wrong against communism and, and uh, uh, allowing government to take care of everyone? What's wrong with it? You, you will lose the freedom to worship the Lord. Freedom is something we constantly fight for. Because in our nation's freedom comes religious freedom. You lose your freedom, you won't be coming to this church. You won't have that opportunity. We stand against evil. We stand against religious, what we call religious legalism. That's what the Pharisees were. And we say, we stand for the Lord. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Is Jesus Christ inside of you? Is He your Lord and Savior? Do you say this every morning? I want to tell you, if you've drifted away from this, thinking church is just going through the motions, folks, church is not going through the motions. We have an intercessor Lord. We come to and cry out. We plead to God for Him to hear our prayer. If you have not been transformed by the power, the almighty power of Jesus Christ, folks, you need to get saved this morning. You need to you need to repent and turn from this old way of life, the routine. The days of routine, the Bible's saying, are over. If you aren't actively engaged in daily crying and calling out to God, if our church is not actively engaged in reaching Ukrainians and encouraging them and reaching lost people in our city and pushing back against the powers of evil, we will lose. How do you do it? You stand on the Word of God. We don't give an inch on this. This is our biblical truth. You have a prayer life that's constantly bringing needs after needs after needs to the Lord. Do you know any family struggling with addiction? Are you praying for them? Do you know any grandchildren that are in rebellion and they have no desire to be here at church? Folks, that's someone to be lifting up to the Lord. The Bible tells us here, Galatians 1.4, there, there is this present evil age all around us. And it is thick and dense. And we have to be rescued from it. A rescue means sending in almost like a helicopter and pulling them out and you, you you're getting out of this. This is no longer your life. Jesus rescues you from religious legalism and from immorality. And if you are dabbling in either of those two, we need to be asking the Lord, says, God, crucify me. I want to die to this old way of life. And Jesus, I want to live for you. This morning I ask you, 
Have you been crucified with Christ? Meaning, I'm no longer going to be selfish. It's no longer my time. It's no longer what I want to do. God, I am going to be engaged in your mission. This verse here tells us that there is a plan of God and it is for His people to live by faith. That means, I want to tell you what living by faith means. Folks, we do not know what the, the future holds for us. This week, Miss Jean Singleton went to be with the Lord. I could be up here next Sunday sharing about you. This week, we're praying for our Ukraine in war, in war in Europe. Next week, I could be here praying for American soldiers who are fighting in war. Whatever happens, we say, Lord, I, I, I can't control the future. I don't know the future. But I know, Lord, you do hold the future. And because I have been crucified and I'm saved, born again believer, my name is written in the book of life. I live by this book. Lord, I am living for you. The rebuild, some of you, the plan of action for you this morning is you need to say, Lord, I, I, I have been wavering in my Christian commitment. I've been waffling along, going through COVID, going through whatever, getting out of the habit of going to church. And now the Lord is speaking to you and saying, I'm going to start being, I'm crucified with Christ. This is serious. I'm going to invite us all to stand up. I said this is serious. And what the most serious thing is, is you and your relationship with Jesus. Some of you need to get saved. That is putting to death your old life and being rescued by the power of Jesus. And this morning you can do that. We stand up and we sing a song. And Brother Hurd and I stand down front and you come take our hand. And not only can you get saved, folks, this is your time to join our wonderful church. We are a church engaged with the Lord. Engaged in people living for the Lord. Engaged in ministering to our broken community, which desperately needs it. So we are standing here, David. We're going to lead us in our song. Brother Hurd, I want to invite you to come stand up here. You come get saved this morning. You come unite with Broadway Baptist Church and make your decision public. David? Let's sing together. Take my life. Lead me, Lord.